0: This Week in Guided Pathways in Schools. This podcast will bring you up-to-date on guided pathways and the schools at MCC a few minutes at a time. I'm Jessica Wilkie, Schools Implementation Lead at MCC. And I'm Amanda Rampey, Technical Assistant for Schools and Pathways. Each week, or week-ish, we'll bring you information, explanations, interviews, and recaps of developments at MCC and in the larger community college world. One thing we would really like to cover are your questions. You can send questions about guided pathways or the schools at MCC to schools at monrocc.edu. We will answer all questions either via email or on this podcast. This week, we answer your questions about guided pathways implementation and assessment and talk with Lisa Eckert and Kim DeLarge from the downtown campus. All right, first off, we have a question we received via email. The question is, how will we know when we are done installing Guided Pathways at MCC? That's a good question. The general answer to that is we will never be done with Guided Pathways. There is never a finish point as to when we won't have to talk about it again or we won't have to assess and move forward with a model. Um, Guided Pathways, as you remember from our first talks, is really a framework or an architecture that every school, every institution can make their own. It is not a package deal that you put down on top of an institution and try and retrofit all existing activities into, but it's more of a way to guide future developments, future progress, and changes in an institution to help solidify or to help guide or improve the student experience in all things. However, that doesn't mean that there aren't waypoints along the way with Guided Pathways implementation and the schools at MCC implementation. One tool we use to see how we're doing and to see what areas might need new focus is a tool that's called the Scale of Adoption Self-Assessment. Now, this is a tool created by CCRC, the Community College Research Center at Teachers College at Columbia University, in conjunction with the AACC, Association of American Community Colleges, that was used at the beginning of the first national cohort and then throughout as we went through the three-year process. It's a tool that asks us to reflect on how we're doing with implementing different projects or different steps or different pieces of guided pathways, uh, which we have implemented under the organization of the schools at MCC. So this tool, which you can see a copy of this tool in the Blackboard site under Guided Pathways Resources, it is called the Scale of Adoption Self-Assessment Tool. Uh, It goes through each of the four pillars of Guided Pathways, clarifying the pathways, getting students on the correct pathway quickly, making sure students stay on their pathway, and ensuring students are learning, and asks what projects are happening within those, asks according to best practices that other institutions and CCRC and AACC have come to understand as best practices, at what scale are they implemented at each institution? For example, the first section asks about mapping pathways to student end goals. That's part of clarifying the pathway. The tool states, every program is well designed to guide and prepare students to enter employment and further education in fields of importance to the college's service area. And in the next column, there is a space for each college to think about that project or think about that best practice and decide what scale or what piece of the scale their college is at with this particular item, and the choices are not occurring, not systematic, planning to scale, scaling in progress, or at scale. And after that, there's a place to document progress to date, next steps, and timeline for implementing next steps. At the beginning of the AACC Pathways Project three years ago, MCC conducted this self-assessment tool to see where we're starting from with each of the pieces of the architecture of guided pathways and to see what first steps we can take towards each of these goals or each of these structures. Each time we completed this assessment, and we completed it two more times through the two years of the project, a different set of people or a different team from within MCC worked on completing this assessment tool so that we could see how well scaled different projects were and to get feedback from all areas of the college with the SUNY Guided Pathways project, MCC does have another team helping us figure out our next steps in Guided Pathways implementation, and that team is being asked to use this assessment tool as we go as well. Thank you both for being here. Uh, would you let us know
1: who you are and what your role here is at MCC?
2: Hi, I'm Lisa Eckert. I am an academic advisor
1: at
0: MCC's downtown campus.
1: And I'm Kim DeLarge, the Director of Student Services at the downtown campus.
0: So we're here to talk about Guided Pathways and how Guided Pathways and the schools at MCC can help us build a culture of one MCC, that we're all in this together. And historically, we've had some times in the past where it feels very disconnected between our two campuses and our many sites. But some of the work we're doing on this campus, some of the work you're doing at downtown campus really helps us pull together everyone at the college. So what advisement services are offered at the downtown campus?
2: We actually offer all of the advisement services that they offer at the Brighton campus. I work very closely with, the, uh, with advisement and transfer services. Um, we offer academic advising Monday through Friday 8 to 445 in our Student Engagement Center. We also do have our Student Engagement Resource Center. We um, call it the CIRC. It is the equivalent of the advisement center here at the Brighton campus. Okay. So that
0: means that students can just walk in?
2: Yes, we have walk-in hours Monday through Thursday, 10 to 1. Great. And then when that is closed, we have the advisement services available in the student engagement center right across the hall.
0: Great. Now, is it just like Brighton where any student can walk in? Do they have to make an appointment? Can they make an appointment if you're not the one to meet with?
2: they can make an appointment if they'd like to we encourage students they're welcome to walk in anytime we have open hours Um, any student can walk in we will do our very best to help whatever student walks into the door we do have a very collaborative working process with our faculty at the downtown campus so our criminal justice human services and education professors have asked if possible if their students can meet with them. So we ask students if that's possible at first. If not, we're happy to see them. As well as any programs that are offered at the Brighton campus, we'll work with students the best that we can and also if need be, reach out to faculty members in their program and
0: ask students to follow up with them as well. Right, so as we've gone through um, some processes of assigning advisors to all students, more and more students are assigned advisors but students don't always know they assigned advisors. Do you help them find out who their advisor is at all?
1: From my perspective, um, our structure downtown really lends itself to that because we're smaller and we can have a more intimate relationship with our students. Mm-hmm. So that lends itself to what Lisa was talking about with the faculty. We work very closely with our faculty, so we're, we're in constant communication with them. So we have a good understanding about which students belong to whom. So we can <coughs> communicate that to the students.
2: Also, um, if we don't know who a student's advisor is and if they don't either, that's a good opportunity for us to look at DegreeWorks with a student and see if their advisor is listed there.
0: And what else do you do with DegreeWorks? We
2: do everything with (laughs) DegreeWorks. I couldn't do my job without (laughs) DegreeWorks. Every student that I meet with, we pull that up to take a look at what their pathway is, what their program is, what classes they've completed, and what classes they have left to complete. I tell students it's really a summary of all the classes that they need to graduate from that program. Mm -hmm. Students really find it helpful. Um, They're also very excited when they find out that they can look at that
0: themselves. (laughs) Absolutely. They can get so much information, too, including their assigned advisor if they have one. Yes. And notes. We all know students forget what classes they were told to take or what next steps, so they have a nice place to go back and look at it. Now, Kim, you spend a lot of time going back and forth between our two main campuses. Uh What do you see as some major differences
1: between the campuses as far as your work,
0: and what things do you see are really the same?
1: So the big difference is with our services is that we're kind of a one-stop model. So all of our counselors that are in our office also do advising they also have specialty roles so they're really experts in a lot of different areas and they do it all so they work Mm -hmm. with financial aid they work with advising counseling admissions disability services so we're really able to have a lot of expertise in a lot of different areas which I think is great um, for us downtown Some of the main differences, all the policies are are the same that we follow. We just administer things a little bit differently downtown to really address the needs of our particular population.
0: Great. Was that all considered when designing the new downtown campus?
1: Um, Yes. Everything was really considered from a student perspective and what the needs of the students are.
0: So let's talk about Guided Pathways in the schools a little bit. As I said before, one of the major goals of the schools and Guided Pathways philosophy is bringing all students together, helping students to feel like they're in college, part of college, um, part of one college, and part of their major as well. Even if they're still taking prerequisites or any developmental education courses they need, we want them to feel like they are, they are a tribune, they are part of MCC. How do you incorporate ideas of the schools and guided pathways into your day-to-day work downtown?
2: I think that we use both the schools model and, and the pathways idea every day. Um, I always use the example of a student who is working towards the nursing program. Before mm-hmm. We have a lot of those. Before schools were around... <laughs> A student would often say they were in the nursing program and they, they weren't. Now going forward, they're saying the same thing, but we're easily able to tell that they're in the nursing pathway
1: mm-hmm. and
2: take a look at what prerequisites and admissions requirements they need to complete before they can apply for that nursing program. Sure. Um, it's also, it's, it's been very fortunate with the pathway model of having the different staff and resources assigned to each school. Mm-hmm. If we have a question, we're not sure of the answer, we can reach out to someone from that support system and student success network to find yeah. that answer. And again, just working collaboratively with everyone, uh, I just had a student in the CERC on Tuesday in Susan Warner school, and she happened to be in the circ completing some of her advising hours. He had just come in to ask me a follow-up question. Susan heard what program he was in and invited him to a school social that they're having in a few weeks. He had just been talking about ways he wanted to get involved, and he was
0: really excited about that opportunity. That's great. Now, you bring up an important point, um, and I'll, I'll turn to Kim for this. Uh, each of the specialists spend time at the Student
1: Engagement Resource Center, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They each have hours each week. Um, The different schools have different days that they're in the CERC, so that's been really helpful when students are walking in and they can answer questions, as Lisa just mentioned.
0: Yeah, and you know, of course, each specialist is an expert in their own school, but they work together too, so they can certainly help each other out. You know, if they overhear someone in another pathway or someone who wants to change their pathway,
1: they can do that too. Yeah, and we have a really great relationship with our specialist, Amy Kuhn, Um, so we, you know, work very collaboratively with her. And
0: when you say our specialist you mean uh, specialists for community engagement and development. Yes. Yes. If we have faculty either at the Brighton campus who want to come down and work with students at the downtown campus or other faculty at the downtown campus who would like to do some of their advising hours with you, how can they get in touch with you?
2: They can reach out to me. Um, Anybody that wants to help out would be great. We do have one full-time advisor at the downtown campus and as Kim said, the counselors are assigned advising hours throughout the week, but with their other responsibilities are sometimes pulled away from that. Um, so any faculty that would like to help or complete their hours in the Circ, I welcome them
0: to reach out to me and we can absolutely schedule something. That's great. And if any faculty are using that Starfish appointment tool, they can actually schedule some of their office hours to be meeting in the Circ. Mm-hmm. So the students could actually make even make appointments with them mm-hmm. while they're downtown in the mm-hmm. Circ. Okay, anything, any other projects or committees or anything that if faculty wanted to get involved, specifically downtown, that there might be some opportunities for that?
1: Um, we have an enrollment and retention committee um, that meets often to kind of come up with programming um, and ideas to promote continued enrollment and to keep mm-hmm. our continuing students on, on path.
0: Yeah, that's important, you know, these students on path, not just getting them on the right path and, right. and advising them, but keeping them along the way as well. Mm-hmm. Great. And if you could each just maybe say your email address, if folks want to get in touch with you,
2: my email address is L Eckert one, and since I've often found out no one knows how to spell my last <laughs> name, it's L E K I E R T one at monroecc.edu.
1: And mine is K Delarge at monroecc.edu. Thanks for being here today. Thanks Thank for having you. Us. <laughs>